What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Game Room Podcast, a video game podcast right here in the Game Room. I'm your host, Rome, along with my co-host, Jeffrey Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Jeff? I'm doing excellent, man. How, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we got uh, some good show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, some cool headlines, some funny headlines. Um, a pretty big one, obviously, if you're looking at the title of the video, we're going to be talking... The updates in the big uh, Microsoft versus Sony acquisition with Activision Blizzard going on. Uh, and then for today's topic, we're going to be doing a tier list of Pokemon games, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Obviously, I'm not 100% done with uh, Scarlet and Violet yet. So, I, you know, I think there's a good chance the reviews next week. Um, but in the meantime, I've pretty much got Pokemon on the brain. So I figured that would be a fun topic for us to kind of mess around with, Jeff. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm actually excited for that because, uh, you, as you know, I haven't played a lot of the Pokemon games, so I'm interested to see what your S tiers are mm. and uh, see if any of the couple that I have played are uh, on the S tier and maybe see if I might play a few of uh, your S tier choices as well. So it's actually funny, Jeff, that you mentioned that. And I was going to bring this up on screen, but again, I'm, I'm a transparent podcast host, right? So I like to talk about the show on the show. You know, I've had this idea, and I want to kind of kick it around with you a little bit. Like, I actually like that there's a lot of games out there that you haven't played, because I would love to do kind of like a segment where you kind of have like homework, where you have to like go out and like once a month play a game that you haven't played before, and then like you review it, you know, like an older game. Uh, I think that that would be a really cool idea, and we should probably try to do that, um, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, I actually like that idea as well, and you know, we could always play that game uh on the channel here as well you know there you go yeah it that's, was a an idea that's an excellent idea around. yeah it's an idea i've been kicking around and i just think it's great that because you have you know you while you are a gamer you've you have a very limited gaming portfolio let's say so i thought it would be a good yes idea. yes you know yeah. i i don't play lots of games i play like one game for a long time for a long period you know so yeah yeah when you when you told me a few months back you didn't even know what earthbound was i was like that's a little weird. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not like a super well-known game, but it's like that's a little weird. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, that's you know, future idea for a future episode of the podcast. Uh, but tonight, like I said, we have some pretty cool news articles to go through, a news roundup, getting you ready for the week, and then yeah, we're gonna finish up with a tier list. Uh, Jeff, are you ready to get with the news? I am absolutely. All right, so. This first one, it's kind of like a collage of news. It, it, we're going to talk about Microsoft and Sony first and foremost. Um, for those that were unaware, this past week, the UK CMA uh, has published the official Sony response about the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition. Um, it was a pretty hilarious read. I read the whole thing. I'm not going to do that verbatim um, here on the podcast. If you want to read it, you can look it up and check it out. There's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo in it, and a lot of uh the way you know co corporations have to structure words um so it's kind of a slog to read through but i'm going to pick and choose things um to kind of bring up and talk about that i just thought was really funny um i think sony is i think sony feels like they're fighting a losing battle here so i i to, to that you know this thing this past week really kind of felt like uh we're just going to start throwing shit at the wall and and it it led to some pretty funny uh quotes yeah. But let's get started. So the first one, um, to organize these, I'm just using sources, um, but I think that this was really great. So Jeff, let's start off with a great one that happened during this claim from Sony. Sony claimed that Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation 
like Nintendo. Now, so let's just start off with this one, right? So, Jeff, have you ever heard of Nintendo? Uh, of course, yes. <laughs> Would you say that Nintendo is a successful brand, not just in the gaming sphere of today and yesterday, but in the in the bloodline, in the vein that is pop culture? Uh, yes, I would. Okay. So, do you find this equally silly that Sony is kind of saying, like, oh, they want to make us like Nintendo? I was like, Sony fucking wishes, excuse the language, Sony wishes that they could be on the par, on par with Nintendo. Um, it, it, it's just laughable to me. Um, let's see if I can pull the, the exact quote up here. Um, you know, I, I see what they're saying, but at the same time, when you just hear it, it just comes out and makes you laugh at them. Like, dude, you're really going to actually say it? Like, come on. And, and to know. be fair, their intention and in, in what they're saying is not exactly what it seems. So basically, they say, um, Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively. But this reveals Microsoft's true strategy. Sony's statement rate reads, Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo so that it would be less close and effective competitor to Xbox. Um, so yeah, basically what they're saying is, is that PlayStation feels like Nintendo does not cater to an adult audience. And they feel that Xbox is their direct competitor, which to be fair, in a certain sense, they are. Nintendo is, you know, in a league of its own. However, as you'll see with a news article we have later in the show, um, plenty of adults are playing Nintendo games. Uh, me personally, as somebody who's a Nintendo diehard, obviously I love all my consoles, but you know, Nintendo obviously has a special place in my heart. This was just—I don't care how you meant it; it came yeah. off as just ridiculous. It's like, it oh, it yeah, did. We don't want our characters. We don't want our characters to be in the mainstream of pop culture to the fact where everybody on the planet knows two characters, and those characters are Mickey Mouse and fucking Mario. Like, come on, dude, and Pikachu. Three. Those are the three most well-known characters in in the world. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, get out of here with that. Um, yeah, I think what they were trying to get at is the you know the lack of the first-person shooter type games and how Nintendo's kind of sort of given up on that realm of uh, competitive, you know, first-person play. And it's like, dude, you contributed to that by having COD being you know exclusive to you for so long so now you're gonna come out and say hey they're trying to do this to us and it's like yo you reap what you sow you know what i mean <laughs> right absolutely um all right moving along next one that i really enjoyed this one was great so sony claims uh that microsoft once they have successfully purchased activision blizzard will be will raise the price of their consoles their games their first party games and their subscription services. Now, this is a claim that they make. And once again, I'm trying to pull up the... I mean, first off, that's none of their business. Second of all, well, that means absolutely nothing in the realm of what we're talking about. Any company at any time can raise their prices of anything. Like, what, what kind of stupid-ass argument is that? Well, Jeff, <laughs> are you ready for the... So, I agree with you. You are 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. But are you ready for the icing on the cake? Yeah. So you might not know this, but did you know that so let's let's look at their their concerns, right? So Sony. 
uh, they're saying that Xbox will raise the cost of their consoles. Um, outside of the U.S., Sony this past year raised the price of the PS5 in every single country except for the United States. <laughs> That's fact. <laughs> they did that. Uh, Sony, they are okay. So they talk about Xbox first-party games. Oh, they're going to raise the price of their Xbox of their first-party games. Jeff, PlayStation was the first of the console manufacturers to raise the price of their games to seventy dollars um, in the U.S. and abroad. Um, so everything that they're saying Xbox is going to do, Sony's already done themselves. That's what I'm saying. Like they've already done it, and uh, again, uh, so it's just a lot. It's it, look, it's really pathetic. I'm I'm not trying to pick a side here because I want. I say it all the time. Like, yes, I have my preferences, but I really do at the end of the day want all three, Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation, to be putting on their best work and to be doing their best because it drives the industry forward. Those three companies, because they are the consoles, they set the standard in a lot of ways. So I don't want PlayStation to lose Call of Duty. I don't think they will, as we'll get to in a little bit with, with an update on that. But... Like they're just really it, it's kind of coming off as sad. Like you're you're trying to take advantage of these regulators who might not know these things. But you know, Sony has been Sony has done these things first. Um, and it's kind of sad. All right. Another uh interesting one. We had so Sony claims that Xbox Game Pass has over 29 million subscribers and admits that the new PS Plus tiers are substantially behind. Now, again, quite an interesting argument to make in terms of, uh, you know, why they should not purchase Activision Blizzard. But here's an interesting thing, Jeff. So, according to IGN, that's my source for this, yep, yep. Um, IGN is saying that while PlayStation revealed a number of 29 million um, Xbox has never revealed that number in no places. The highest number they've ever uh, revealed for Game Pass subscribers is actually in the low 20 millions, not the not 29 million. It's about 23 or 4, I believe, um, which is an interesting thing, the fact that IGN kind of fact-checked this and really makes me kind of wonder, like, in this argument, is Sony pumping that number up just to make it seem like Xbox is more successful than it is? Or do you think that? Or do you think that Xbox? So here's here's the here's the the mind the mind game, right? So is Sony doing that? Is Sony pumping up Xbox to make it look better than it is, so that way, like, oh, you can't give them Call of Duty. They're they're already kicking our ass. Or is Xbox not being honest about their subscription service, but making it sound worse by not revealing the full subscriber count? So is Sony building Xbox up? Or is Xbox tearing itself down by not giving the right number? What do you what are your what are your thoughts on this, Jeff? Uh so I think Sony just has some bad information. I think they uh you know, they probably did a quick Google search and grabbed the first one that they found, you know what I mean? Uh and it's all scare tactics. I, I believe like everything that we've said that they're doing right now feels and sounds like scare tactics. Oh my god, they're gonna raise the price of their consoles if this happens, all oh, the games if this happens, and I'm just like what is that what does that have to do with them what what does that have to do with this like at all right. <laughs> um what up to the a trading doge in the chat saying it's pathetic it, it's yeah, extreme. Doge. It, it's just you hate to see it it's 
Like it's just sad. Um, but it doesn't end there, Jeff. We do have uh, one more little jab that Sony just felt the need uh, to do. Um, Sony decided to blast the Battlefield series, um, which is a game, uh, you know, a direct competitor to Call of Duty, but also a game that to this day appears on PlayStation consoles. Um, basically, they were saying that despite everything, Battlefield is the biggest competitor to the Call of Duty space. Uh, and yet they come nowhere near sales. I believe the number that Sony used in the in the response was that Call of Duty does like 400 million and Battlefield has only done about 80 million. Um, which I understand this argument, but I think it's just like a really bad look to like at the end of the day, like you're publishing an e you're putting an EA game on your console. I don't know if it's really the best business strategy, especially if this deal goes through. If this deal goes through, you might want to call EA and say, hey, you know, can we get some exclusive Battlefield stuff? Because you're already paying for that exclusive Call of Duty stuff. It's going to go away, the exclusive stuff, when this deal goes through. So I, I don't know if it's the best business strategy to kind of really throw Battlefield under the bus here just to prove your point that Call of Duty is a juggernaut. I don't know if that's really a good good business tactic in my opinion no because i i don't know why it, yeah it just, just it just doesn't come across right i really can't explain it it just it doesn't feel or sound right when it comes out you know yeah it, it's not great um so that was basically the bullet points of the hilarity that ensued with sony's response um now here are some other updates for you on this uh on this storyline the FTC is likely to file a lawsuit to block Microsoft bid for Activision. Uh, this is coming from Reuters. Uh, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, FTC, is likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block Microsoft's $69 billion takeover bid for video game publisher Activision Blizzard, Politico reported on Wednesday, citing people familiar with the matter. A lawsuit challenging the deal is not guaranteed, and the FTC's four commissioners have yet to vote on a complaint or meet with lawyers for the companies, the report said, adding that the FTC staff reviewing the deal are skeptical of the company's arguments. The FTC did not immediately respond to requests for comments from Reuters. Uh, the spokesperson said, we are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, uh, but won't hesitate to fight the, won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required. Uh, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said. Any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, the spokesperson added. Shares of Activision fell about 2% in extended trading after closing 1% higher. Um, so th this is basically just saying that the FTC is considering to file a lawsuit to try to block the deal. Um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a huge acquisition, and these types of things are usually met with great scrutiny. Um, which I can understand it. I, I understand wanting to be cautious with it. Um, if Sony's take on this was true, then yes, uh, it would be a concern. You would probably Sony would probably have to be concerned about the the Activision Blizzard deal. However, uh, Xbox has been extremely transparent, as we'll see with our next article, um, about how they are going to handle publishers, and you know, in terms of Activision Blizzard and what they're going to do with their games. Moving forward, the next and final update I believe I have, yes, this is the final update I have on the Microsoft-Sony um, 
story is Microsoft is likely to offer EU concessions soon in Activision deal. This is once again from Reuters. Um, now, pre on the previous episode of the podcast, we mentioned that Microsoft offered Sony a 10-year deal, 10-year uh, extension to have Call of Duty on PlayStation. Um, PlayStation did not respond, has not responded to this rumor. Uh, however, Reuters is now picking up the story. Microsoft is likely to offer remedies to EU antitrust regulators in the coming weeks to stave off formal objections to its $69 billion bid for Activision Blizzard. People familiar with the matter said, the U.S. software giant and Xbox maker announced the deal in January to help compete better with leaders Tencent and Sony. It has since then faced regulatory headwinds in the European Union, Britain, and the United States, with Sony criticizing the deal and even calling for a regulatory veto. The deadline for the European Commission, which is investigating the deal to set out a formal list of competition concerns known as Statement of Objection, is in January. Offering remedies before such a document is issued could shorten the regulatory process. Ultimately, such a move could secure an early clearance with the European Commission and subsequently be used by the parties before other antitrust agencies, uh, said Stephen Deneau, a partner at law firm McDermott, Will, and Emery. However, it remains to be seen whether the active complaints will validate such concessions and if behavioral remedies will also be accepted by the CMA and the FTC, he said. Um, Microsoft's remedy would consist mainly of a 10-year licensing deal to PlayStation owner Sony, another person with direct knowledge said. Activision shares went up 2% after this story was published. I guess Reuters felt the need to kind of be like, hey, guys, we helped your stock. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, that is funny. But so basically, Xbox is doing what they can to get this deal. Um, so the thing that really kind of bugs me about this is we've seen... Xbox under Phil Spencer, complete transparency with how they handle these acquisitions, right? You yeah. look at the Minecraft, the, when, when, when Microsoft bought Mojang, they said what they wanted to do with Minecraft as an IP, and they did it. Minecraft ended up on Nintendo platforms. Minecraft ended up with crossplay. Minecraft is on every device you can possibly play Minecraft on. It's literally the new Doom. The way you can play Doom on anything, Yeah. now you play Minecraft on anything. Um, Microsoft has opened that. Um, Microsoft has also made it clear that Minecraft is a franchise that will continue to be on other platforms. Uh, just past, uh, wow, I guess at this point it was two years ago, they put out a dungeon crawler for Minecraft, Minecraft Legends, I believe it was called. Played it. It was pretty good. Um, I it loved was... it, by the way, actually. I'm sorry. I loved it, by the way. Now, I, I played it for like a week straight on stream on Twitch. It was on Game Pass, so I was like, oh, absolutely, I'm going to try this. Um, oh. but yeah, it was great. I loved it. Guess what? Like, where did you play it, Jeff? PlayStation. Wow. But Microsoft owns PlayStation or uh, Minecraft and Minecraft is literally one of the biggest IPs in the history of video games. How did, yeah. how did this happen, Jeff? Cause they're smart and they realize that every console has people that play it exclusively and they want all that money. Exactly. There you go. Mine or uh, Microsoft was transparent. And they did what they said they were going to do. Now look at Bethesda. So they buy Bethesda, right? And they say, okay, well, here's how we're going to handle Bethesda. Legacy content will still appear on other consoles. However, new releases may be exclusive based on a game-by-game -game basis. Now, since then, what's happened? Any deal that Bethesda made, so Sony paid for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, two Bethesda games, 
to be year exclusives on PlayStation. They paid for that. Um, that way Xbox gamers could not play it. Um, but, you know, Xbox is the one that's trying to keep things from people. Anyways, Xbox, they buy Bethesda, and they're like, you know what? We are going to honor that. And those games will be exclusive for a year. And so currently, there is an Xbox Game Studio game, Ghostwire Tokyo, that is only on PlayStation right now. Oh, nice. Yes, it will be on Xbox. Well, next. not nice, but, you know. But you get my point, is that they, they honored this. And, you know, yes, Redfall and Starfield coming out next year, they are exclusive to Xbox. But since then, other legacy content, like the Wolfenstein collection that came out this past year, Xbox is doing exactly what they said they were going to do with Bethesda. So they've done it with Minecraft and Mojang. They've done it with Bethesda. And now they're sitting here saying, there's the doge is saying cats. I just realized that your cat's in, in the view too. On your yeah, she, she climbs on the back of this new chair. It's crazy. <laughs> the doge likes the cat. Um, anyways. Uh, so you have Microsoft saying, hey, we want Call of Duty to be on PlayStation. That is our goal. That is our plan. Call Xbox has even teased that they're going to bring Call of Duty to the Switch and to the Nintendo platforms. They are not trying to take Call of Duty away from them. No. Xbox, now in the future, will there be maybe like a Spyro game or a Crash Bandicoot game that's exclusive to Xbox? Yeah, probably. They own those IPs or they will own those IPs. But in terms of Call of Duty... They're not going to do that. Will Call of Duty be on Game Pass? Yeah, yeah, it will. But you'll still be able to play it on PlayStation. Its availability on Game Pass shouldn't really affect you. I mean, like, if you're a hardcore Call of Duty guy, like, Game Pass, as great of a deal as it is, it's cheaper to buy one video game in a year than it is to buy Game Pass for a year. Like, that's just factual. That's just math. Um, so, like, I don't see Sony's argument here that putting Call of Duty on Game Pass and, you know, is going to take all of these Call of Duty gamers away and they're all going to go leave PlayStation for Xbox. Like, I just, I just so, don't see that as feasible. Will somebody? Sure. But will everybody? No, I don't think so. All right, so I got a question for you then. Sure. So, me being, me being the type of uh, gamer who I really only play a certain game for, like, a long time, so I don't even I don't even give these Game Pass things like a second glance most of the time. Uh, PlayStation Plus I have the low version just so that I can play online, and I sometimes I download the free games that come across on it. So with the Xbox particularly, because I definitely didn't pay attention to that one, does it come with like some of the new games that come out, or like how how does that work? Can you explain that to me a tiny bit? Are you? I just want to make sure I understand what you're asking. Are you asking what what new releases come to Game Pass? Yes. Okay, so basically the way it works is, is that Xbox, they go out... Well, number one, first-party games. All first-party games launch on Game Pass day one, day and date, included in Game Pass. No extra fees or anything like that. So, for example, Starfield is the big game for Xbox that we know of right now coming out next year. That yeah. will launch day one on Game Pass on the same... Really? Yes, all Xbox first... Halo Infinite, when it came out, day one on Game Pass. All of Xbox's first-party games will come out on Game Pass, day one. That's actually really cool. Um, so, so how much is the Game Pass that you're speaking of that that, that that game would be coming out on? So Game Pass that so Game Pass Ultimate, which is really the one you want to go for, they have a not-ultimate, but it's kind of not worth it because... So you know how you have to pay online for, for PlayStation and Xbox to play online? 
So Xbox has their Game Pass tier and Xbox Live Gold, which are two separate things. And you can have one or one of those separately. So you can get gold, and that just allows you to play online without having Game Pass. Or you okay. can get Game Pass, which lets you download these games, but you're not going to be able to play these games online. You're not going to be able to play uh, other non-Game Pass games online. So you're better off getting Game Pass Ultimate. Now, Game Pass Ultimate is $15 a month. Um, which usually every few months you can find a really good deal. It was Black Friday this past week. Um, there were a few retailers that had deals on them uh, on like three month subscription cards. Um, you can buy three month uh, subscription cards for forty dollars. So it's like a five dollar savings if you buy them in three month bulks as opposed to weekly or I'm sorry monthly billing. Um, now. I would argue, especially with the first party lineup coming directly to Game Pass day and date, um, I think that it is a it is the best service in gaming. I mean, I have Nintendo Switch Online. I have PlayStation Plus, the Platinum or Premium uh, tier, whatever the highest tier is, I have it. I think it's Deluxe or Platinum, I forget. Uh, and then I have Game Pass Ultimate. And um, I have a fun topic planned towards the end of, the, of this year, uh, kind of going over games I've played this year. And you're gonna, you guys are going to see, I play a lot of Game Pass games. And I'm a physical collector, so I'm not really the kind of guy that would usually go for that subscription service model. But I can't sit here and tell you that it's not a great deal. Because not only do Xbox first-party games come day and date, but usually they'll get some really hot indie games to also launch day and date on their launch day onto Game Pass. Um, tomorrow there's a game coming out called Soccer Story, which... You know, that's a pretty popular RPG franchise. It, it comes off of Sport Story and other things like that. That game comes out tomorrow, and it's launching on Game Pass tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, Game Pass is really just the best deal in gaming. And even then, so Game Pass, some games stay on there. Like Xbox first-party games, they're always on there. Um, other games that are not first-party, they may... Xbox basically signs up contracts. It's different with everybody. Like GTA V was on Game Pass for a little while. It was on there for like two months. Other games that are on Game Pass have been on there for, like, four years. Like, it, it's just different from game to game. Um, but when a game leaves Game Pass, if you downloaded it while it was on Game Pass and you had Game Pass when you downloaded it, well, I mean, you would have to to download it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. After it leaves Game Pass, or even during while it's on Game Pass, you have an option to buy the game 20% off. So, like, let's say you download a game on Game Pass and you really love this game, and you want to keep playing it, or you want to go back and play it, you, at any time, you can go into the shop. If you like owning your games, even though it is digital, you can say, I would like to purchase this game, and Microsoft will be like, all right, Game Pass member, here's 20% off your game. Just right there, like, it automatically applies based off your account. It'll read all the information, and it'll just auto-apply that price for you. Um, that's actually really... That's really cool. Okay, so... Like, I never knew that, you know what I mean? Since I never uh, played on the Xbox, I never bought the Xbox Pass and all that stuff. That's actually really good to know. I may actually buy that because instead of getting a PS5 right now, which is, you know, uh, upwards of $600 after tax, um, you know, you can get a brand new Xbox for 200 So Right. And, and so this is another funny thing. And we're about to move on to the news shortly, but... This is just another thing about the whole Sony saying Game Pass is going to be too good argument, right? So while Xbox Game Pass does put their first-party games onto the service, 
PlayStation doesn't do the same thing. They have this PS Plus pro, uh, catalog, and they don't add their first-party games anywhere close to launch. Like, you might, you could play games, first-party games that came out a few years ago, but, like, God of War Ragnarok is not on PS Plus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Spider-Man 2, when it comes out next year, will not be on PS Plus day one, at least as of right now, unless they change their 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 goal. Um me personally, I think PlayStation Plus is not the best value out there. Um, there are definitely some good games on it. I've looked through the catalog and I've, I've, uh, I played Stray. Stray, I played that through PS Plus. That's like the one game that came day and date to PlayStation Plus, um, and everybody played it who owned the service. Big surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I just think Sony makes a lot of arguments here. My, my response to Sony, right, uh, in terms of like, yes, Call of Duty is a juggernaut. You own Bungie. PlayStation bought Bungie. Like you, you own the guys that created Halo and Destiny. You, you, you know, you have IP in your back pocket, like Resistance. Like, yeah. You could like, are you going to compete with Call of Duty? No, probably not. But like, you're not even making an attempt to compete with Call of Duty. Like, Microsoft has Halo. Microsoft has Doom and Wolfenstein, amongst other shooters. They even if this Call of Duty deal was never a thing. Microsoft is still in the space, actively trying to fight for their slice of the pie. Meanwhile, you have PlayStation, and they're just they're just paying for the advertising. That's just when you when you watch TV this year, Jeff. I guarantee you'll probably come up during AEW when we're watching Dynamite or whatever. You're going to see a Call of Duty commercial. You probably already have seen the Call of Duty commercial. And what happens at the end of it? It's the PlayStation logo because yep. they aren't putting any effort in. They just want to rest on the laurels that Call of Duty has created for them. Um, and I would like to see them be better. And for that reason also, I do want this deal to go through. Even though I don't think it's going to be an exclusive to Xbox, I want Sony to get its shit together. Like, you get, like Sony makes fantastic action-adventure games. Like, just phenomenal games. Sure do. Just put that effort in to make a shooter. Like, you even have Nintendo. Nintendo wanted to get into the shooter game, so they have Splatoon. Is it a direct competitor? Not really, but it is in the shooter genre vying for people's attention. Like, that's just factual. Um, well, I would say, you know, allowing stuff like Apex to cross over to the Switch is their biggest venture into the shooter. Because I have a buddy who plays Apex on the Switch, and, you know, it's cross-platform with everyone else. I don't know if he has some sort of advantage with some aim assist or what. He destroys people on his Switch, just annihilating people on Apex. It's pretty funny. Hmm. He's got, like, over 10,000 kills. It's wild. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that's a that's a great point you make with uh with Apex and Fortnite and all the cross playing. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Fortnite. Jeez, Oof. Yeah. that was the first one they did. I was more so referring to first party though, which is why I said Splatoon. Oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. But you, it's still a great argument to make. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that's that's this. Uh, that was the Xbox Sony update. We're at a point now where this deal is starting to heat up. I'm sure we'll have more for next week. Um, we'll see. Anyways, on to some lighter news, Jeff. Um, this one's actually pretty funny. Microsoft's iconic Xbox 360 controller is being resurrected. <laughs> this comes nice. from IGN. To commemorate the 17th anniversary of the release of Xbox 360. Holy shit, it's been 17 years? Wow. Oh, no. That makes me feel old. That's That scares me. That really scares me. Um, video game peripheral maker Hyperkin has officially announced today, well, last week, that it is resurrecting the iconic video game controller 
As noted in its press in a press release, the Hyperkin Xenon is an officially licensed wired gaming controller replicating the iconic controller that served as the primary gamepad for Microsoft's second, excuse me, home gaming console. The device is named after the code name used for the Xbox 360, ahead of its official unveiling at E3 2005. The nice. Xenon will be compatible with the Xbox Series X and S and Windows 10 and 11 devices. Um, it will launch in white, black, and red. Now, here's my thing, Jeff. Um, so, like, a few years back, Hyperkin released um, the original Xbox controller, and I understood that because it, it, it's a completely different controller from the one we use on today's consoles. Completely yeah. different. So I can understand that. Um, I'm kind of left scratching my head at this one. I think it's kind of silly because the 360 controller, um, at it, for its time, was a fantastic controller. Excellent controller. However, the modifications to the same formula that have happened over the last two console generations, both the Xbox One and the Series uh, generation, um, I never want to use an Xbox 360 controller again as long as I live. <laughs> um, but, you know, if that's your thing and you want to pick up a 360 yeah. controller, you can. I can't imagine anybody actually buying this for anything other than some nostalgia type stuff because, you know, I was kind of showing my controller here um, I have a $200 Astro C40 right here, right? And, you know, it lets me move the thumbstick to be PlayStation-oriented or Xbox-oriented. And, you know, I, I played PlayStation my whole life, so I have it oriented for PlayStation right now. But the entire controller itself is actually modeled, modeled after the Xbox 360 shape. So the Xbox 360 controller feels way better in my hand than a little tiny PlayStation controller for some reason. Um, the way that I, you know, hit the triggers, the PlayStation controller, I don't like it. They're almost sharp on my fingers. Uh, so I try to find anything that replicates that shape, but I need the paddles on the back. So this has the paddles on the back, which is great. Yeah. Uh, just also further elaborate, uh, it's launching in white, black, red, and pink. So Ooh. there you go. Pink. Um, I don't think there was ever was a pink 360 controller, so that's not even that's not even an accurate right. thing. I'm sure there was. There had to be um, every color. Um, anyways, so you know, Jeff, uh, adults are still playing Nintendo games. Um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sell over 10 million units in their first three days and set a Nintendo record as being the fastest selling Nintendo video game ever. I wanted to tell you how that is absolutely crazy to me. And you want to know why? Why? I didn't even know this game was coming out until it was already out. Well, Jeff, <laughs> I don't do this very often on this podcast, but yeah. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, no offense, but when it comes to video games, I think you live under a fucking rock because you, you didn't even know about the Activision Blizzard deal that happened when it happened in January. Like you didn't know about it until I mentioned it on the podcast. That that's true because you know there were people trying to stop it from happening, and apparently I just didn't see that. But like I've been aware of Dragonflight. I've been aware of the all the Call of Duty stuff. You know the things that I guess I'm interested in. You know I guess there's probably certain things that come across my feed. You know, but I'll I'll admit it. Yeah, but um I I had no idea this was coming out because I felt like uh. Arceus had just come out, but I guess that was almost a year ago now, huh? Came out in January of this year. That's wild. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, so uh, let's uh, let's dive into some details about this. This is from IGN. Um, Adam Bankhurst. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Not only has Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold an impressive 10 million combined units within the first three days of launch, they also account for the highest global sales level for any software on any Nintendo platform within that time frame. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet launched globally on November 18th of this year, um, and these sales figures from Nintendo include both packaged and downloadable versions of the game. Um, you know, the newest entries in, Le in the Legendary Pokemon franchise mark the second outing of the mainline franchise following Sword and Shield. Um, for comparison, Sword and Shield sold over 6 million units in their first week, which is which was a record for the fastest-selling fastest Switch title at the time. Uh, the Switch has seen plenty of Pokemon titles since 2017, including the Let's Go games, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and Pokemon Legends Arceus. These sales numbers were reached despite some glaring technical issues plaguing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. That being said, the game surrounding these bugs appears to be something special. Um, I don't really want to talk about this too much because I am planning my review of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, um, which I'm hoping next week's topic. I'm not 100% okay. sure. That's right now. That's the plan. Um, but we shall see. So I got a question for you about that. So. I've been reading some stories about the game being fairly buggy for certain people. Um, and this is the first time that, well, in a long time, that they've been accepting refunds for a game. Um, have you been experiencing any of these bugs that would, you know, cause you to want to return the game and get your money back? So to my knowledge, um, I did hear the story about people asking for refunds and being granted them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recall getting a confirmation that that was legitimate um things like that happen also sometimes there are circumstances beyond what we know so that's why it, it's not in the news roundup here this week i did hear about it um and i, have I was also, just i am aware of the technical issues plaguing pokemon scarlet and pokemon black um i've seen some of the stuff online um i was just wondering if you have experienced any yeah. of it yet sorry yeah. no, I'm, sorry i'm getting there um Okay. So, apart from some frame rate issues, I have not. Okay. Yeah, that you know, it, is the frame rate perfect? No, it's not. There, especially in some more populated areas, there are specific areas where the frame rate really dips, and in some weird places too, um, which I will talk about in my review. Um, but overall, I have experienced very little problems with the game on a technical level um okay. that being said for transparency i was playing yesterday i was going into a gym my game crashed um apart from that one time um which in today's gaming landscape a game crashing happens like i've had call of duty modern warfare 2 crash on me like a, a game crashing in 2022 yeah. once isn't that big of a deal for me um and luckily call uh call of duty Pokemon does have an autosave feature, so I didn't really lose any progress either. Um, but, you know, in terms of glitching and all this stuff that I've seen online, I can't say that I've experienced it. And obviously my review is going to reflect that when we get there. Um, I, again, I don't really want to say too much. Um, just that I'm very happy. <laughs> just I'm very yes. happy. Um but yeah, I mean, you'll have to tune into the Game Room podcast moving forward to, to catch out my uh, my whole review and see what I would score it. 
but no, I have I have not experienced a lot of problems. And the wife is also playing Violet, and when I watched her play on her Switch, um, no, two different Switch units. Mine's a day one Switch. I literally I've had my Switch day one. I didn't upgrade to the OLED. Um, I primarily play docked, but I did play it once in handheld mode. And she's the same. She's done both. No issues. So I don't know. That, that's good to hear, you know. So it does seem like it might be an isolated problem. You know, maybe certain uh, certain blocks of switches or something like that. Or, you know, they may have a certain setting going on. But, yeah, like, you know, with uh, Modern Warfare 2, since you kind of brought that up there, everybody's uh, getting crashes left and right. And I see a lot of people complaining about the crashes. I literally have not crashed once. So. There you go. I'm on PS4. <laughs> Again, it's like I said in my Call of Duty review. It's like, I know people are having problems with it, but when I'm reviewing the game and playing the game, I can only go off of my experience. It was funny because I've actually been pretty lucky, knock on wood, for that. Um, because <laughs> um, I've actually been pretty lucky with, with games that are considered glitchy. So Assassin's Creed yeah. Unity came out all those years ago. I believe it was 2013. And it was just annihilated by the public and the media and the critics because of how glitched it was. The frame rates were dropping to eight frames a second. Um, weird face glitches, which if you were on the internet at that time, you know what I'm talking about with the memes. Um, I played Unity on my Xbox One. Very little issues again. Uh, I don't I don't know if maybe just the gaming gods blessed me with this luck, but I, I don't know what to tell you. Just, just works. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but all right. Um, we will be talking more about Pokemon later. Um, but in the meantime, DC will be making games connected to its film universe. James Gunn has confirmed. DC. Okay, Studios, that's cool. Yep, this is coming from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Uh, DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn has confirmed that new DC film universe will be linked to future video games that exist in the same canon. As reported by Eurogamer, Gunn was asked on Twitter if the DCEU, which now seems to be rebranded as just the DCU, will incorporate more forms of entertainment down the line, to which he replied, yes, most definitely. The DC will be connected across film and TV and animation, he added. When another fan asked if there are plans for games to be connected to the DCU as well, Gunn replied plainly, yes. Nice. Um, nothing else was said, but it does confirm a trend away from Marvel's strategy of building a shared universe across its film and a separate one across its games. We do know that Gunn and co-CEO Peter Safran have begun work on an 8-10 to 10 year plan for DC films, TV shows, animation, and more. However, meaning we'll likely see a game or two materialize in this time as well. Um, so, yeah, I want to give them kudos on this. Uh, I think that this is a fantastic idea, um, one that I wish Marvel would actually do, you know, to an extent. Uh, I like the fact that you're exploring all the avenues of, uh, of media that you can um, to tie everything together. Uh, I'm excited for the rebranding of the DCEU. Uh, I think James Gunn is just a genius uh, watching his stuff. What's up, Juhas? Um, Yo, think, what up, Joe? I think um, I think James Gunn is just the dude's a creative freaking mastermind. So I'm really excited to see what he cooks up with DC. 
uh, and throwing some games in there too. Uh, definitely a great idea in my opinion. Hey man, I got Superman tattooed on my chest, so I'm always down for some DC video games. Yeah, I mean, Superman is mid though, but you know, that's great. Listen, he's just been around the longest. He's gotten stale. They need to do something with him to make him cool again. It's not 1920 anymore. My man's been around the yeah. second longest, and he's he's cooler than Superman, and he's still cool. So I don't Listen, there's some versions of Superman that are badass, like when he actually goes 100% and he punches something and the atoms explode and cause nuclear explosions. That shit's cool, but, you know, he's just, he's run his course. He's old. Yeah. Like yeah. me. That's true. Uh, <laughs> All right, next up. Um, this is coming from X Pooter. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, the Xbox Series X dominates Black Friday sales this year. Um, the Black Friday season is right now, and consoles always sell big during this time. It's no different this year as gaming products have dominated sales this holiday season. More specifically, the Xbox Series X has won the Black Friday sale, being the most sold product during this time. Nice. Xbox Series X beat the sales of merchandise toys like the cartoon character Bluey. Okay. Even singular games didn't beat the sales of the consoles, as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 wow. took the number three spot. Hence, the console has won the shopping holiday by a huge margin, according to the Washington Examiner. Um, Modern Warfare 2, selling, selling so well alongside the Series X, is probably an effect of the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. That This is speculation on xpooter.com's part. Um, PlayStation has the marketing rights to the franchise, but Xbox and Call of Duty still ruled the charts in tandem. So maybe the consumers are relating the product to Xbox due to the ongoing deal. It's possible. Huh, yeah. um, but that's purely, spec. like I said, that's just speculation. Could be, though. Definitely possible. Um, Black Friday also overlapped this year with another holiday season sale. Thanksgiving sales were also in full effect as the holiday was celebrated this past Thursday. Another console dominated the, pro the product sales in this sale, too. The Nintendo Switch was the hottest-selling product of the American federal, federal holiday this year. I believe they're talking about Thanksgiving, specifically. Okay. It beat out high-selling products like toys based on Roblox and Paw Patrol. Knowing how popular they are among kids, this is a huge deal. Sony yeah. did get one of its products on the charts this holiday season. God of War Ragnarok holds the number three spot in the Thanksgiving holiday product sales this year. It is continuing its amazing performance after reaching its initial sales projection easily. Uh, God of War Ragnarok has sold more than 5 million copies and has become the biggest PlayStation first party launch of all time. Um, hence to say, video games across the board doing very well right now. Um, well, that's an interesting statistic. Uh, it's saying even with inflation, Chopper spent $9.12 billion this holiday season so far, including Black Friday, on video games. Holy moly. Yeah, that's that's insane. Hmm. That's insane. Series, an interesting thing is the Xbox Series S showed up in the top five. Oh, it did show up in the top five, which is a surprise considering its price cuts and collabs. More reports will come listing. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, cool. So yeah, video games did very well this past Black Friday and Thanksgiving. Apparently. Yeah, man. Video games are the hot thing right now. What else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> Read a book. I mean, books are cool. I have books. I have some books. Yeah, over there. During COVID, everybody was locked at home. Everybody got hooked on them. I mean, really, that that is, there is a a great argument for that, Jeff, actually. Yeah, for a lot sure. Of people, 
I mean, the retro game market went through the roof during the pandemic because everybody was at home like, well, I'm going to yeah. go buy all the games I played when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, a bunch of streamers started playing an indie game here and there on Twitch, and then everybody bought it, blew up. Like Vampire yeah. Survivors, we were talking about last week, man. That game was incredible to watch. I just never dared put it on my computer because it would fry my GPU. Like, I could tell right away. <laughs> it's on Game Pass. Nice. Um, all right. Um, this was originally going to be the last thing on the news thing, but actually something came up right before we went on the air, so let's cover this real quick. Okay. Um, a new AAA alien survival horror game is in development. Uh, this is a report. Ooh. Um, according to a report from Insider Gaming, a new survival horror game based on the classic sci-fi franchise Alien is currently in development for current-gen consoles with a AAA budget. Now, Jeff, current-gen is PS5 and Xbox Series X, not not PS4, just so you know. I got you. just wanted to clarify because you've said that in the past. So. I love the Alien series, uh, so that should be pretty good. Yeah, uh, their insider gaming is claiming that the game, which is different from the Alien game Sur- Survivos has in development, has been codenamed Marathon. And that it is down for a tentative holiday 2023 release. Insider, excuse me, Insider Gaming was unable to verify the developer behind the project, but says the game is a survival horror title that will apparently take inspiration from other games in the genre, such as Resident Evil and Dead Space. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, you said you're a I- fan of the Aliens franchise. Yeah, actually, I you know the movies as a kid I watched them. Uh, now I don't I don't do horror movies too much anymore, but you know, I do like the whole uh, Alien franchise and the the different um, what are they called Xenotypes? I believe is what they call them. Um, how they have like a couple of different movies that go with them, like Prometheus, I believe is one, um, and stuff like that. Predator versus Alien is actually one of the ones I do still enjoy because I love Predator. He's probably my he, probably my favorite of the two movie franchises, but I love how they crossed over. Uh, I got one quick thing for you I wanted to throw out um, for the news here. I wanted to see what some people thought about on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, You have the ability to vote on who's going to win one of the soccer matches every day. Um, You get to choose, you know, which country you believe is going to win the match. And you get rewarded with some rewards for getting it correct. Um, You also get the rewards if you uh, tie. Like, so if the team ties... Uh, you also get the rewards. I can't help but, at, like, when I very first saw this, I was like, yeah, that's cool, heck yeah, and I went and voted for the U.S. But as I voted for them, and then I looked at the rewards that I was going to get, I was like, this feels like I just went to the sports book and I made a bet on my team. So it really felt like it's kind of like teaching gambling. I don't want to say it is because of the whole, like, oh, it's a free, it's a free bet, first of all. Um the loot is just it's something I can't buy at the moment, which that's something to be said of itself technically, but um, it just, it, it came across as kind of like teaching how to gamble. You know what I mean? And I just, it felt weird. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Um, I actually went to play some Warzone 2 today uh, and I saw the thing pop up and I was like, oh, like, it's a cool idea, but it is gambling. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I understand that like you're not putting money into it, by the end of the day, I guarantee you they'll probably turn around and sell those skins at some point. And it's like, yeah. ah, man, I don't know. That's not good. I wouldn't do that. 
Yeah, you know, especially like this is the only way at the moment you can get that American flag um, calling card. And calling cards are like one of my favorite things in the game. And I'm like, listen, man, you guys put like 40 flags in there and none of them are countries. Um, Come on, give us our country flags. Like, (laughs) and even this one has a soccer ball in the middle of it. I'm like, I want the old school, just American flag. I don't even care if it's moving. (laughs) All right. Um. Thank you for that, Jeff. It was nice to see you uh, bring some to the table. I like that. Keep that up. Oh, yeah. No worries. Yeah, it was great. Um, last two little things that got added to the news roundup literally about an hour before we went on the air. Um, it was announced that for tomorrow, uh, Nintendo will be doing a Nintendo Direct uh, based solely on the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, it will be at 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll pro- uh, they said that no game information will be shown. Based off the teaser that they showed, uh, I would expect another trailer uh, with the reveal of probably Princess Peach based off the teaser. Okay, okay. So look forward to that tomorrow. And then lastly, Jeff, I don't think this is newsworthy, but I did this for you. Uh, I came across this. Dr. Disrespect has been suspended from Warzone 2 for being toxic on proximity chat. This is from GameSpot. Uh, I don't have an article, but I saw it. GameSpot posted it on their Instagram. Um, so this one came from him himself. Uh, we didn't see him get banned on stream. Uh, we didn't see anything happen on stream. Um, he was just playing the other day on a different account and he started talking smack to the guy he just killed. And he was like, Whoa, I better uh, be careful on this account. He's like, this isn't my account. And he's kept talking and he's like, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but, uh, he's like my real accounts banned because of a uh, proximity chat. Now, nobody's able to pick out a clip of something that he said in particular, so I'm thinking this happened off stream. Uh, I'm almost certain he was playing off stream and said something to somebody and they uh, reported him and he must have got banned for it. He wonders if it even happened to begin with. That, that is true as well, but he was playing on an alt account. And I'm not sure if people have a way to check if his regular account was banned, but I don't see anybody questioning it, to be honest. Hmm. I feel like some people should. Thank you for uh, elaborating. Yeah. Elaborate. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did that. Like to try to keep it as accurate as possible. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the game news of the week. Let's uh, let's dive into the game releases for this upcoming week. Uh, before we get into our main topic of the show. Uh, sorry. So Jeff. So for the week of November 28th, we have on November 29th we have the last days of Lazarus for the PlayStation 5. Sable will also come out on PlayStation 5 tomorrow, November 29th. This uh, game is already available on Xbox and Nintendo consoles. It's a pretty good game. Um, my friend D played it, and he he loved it. So uh, definitely something to check out there. Um, Soccer Story, which I mentioned earlier, uh, it comes out tomorrow on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC uh, coming to Game Pass. Also tomorrow, The Night Witch, uh, also on PS5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, Front Mission The First Remake comes out on the Switch on November 30th. Gundam Evolution comes out November 30th as well, and that's for the PS5, Xbox Series consoles, PS4, and Xbox One. Warhammer 40,000 Darktide comes to PC, and I believe PC Game Pass, on November 30th. Um, Inscription, which is a card-based game that I believe is already on the Xbox and PlayStation platforms, uh, is coming to Switch on December 1st. The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners Chapter 2, comes out on Quest and PlayStation VR on December 1st. 
Um, Wait, hold up. That's the Walking Dead VR? Like, is that going to be one of those Telltale things, or are you going to fight in the game? I don't know if it's Telltale. I think I've heard of this game. It's saying Chapter 2, so I would assume there's already a Chapter 1 on VR, Jeff. You might want to look into that. Oh, I got to get me a VR set, man. I've been looking into that for a long time. I hope I'm not one of those that get motion sickness from it. See, part of me wants to get a PSVR 2. They come out next year, but they're like $530. Oh geez. So I don't know if I'm going to take that jump or not. Like I want to, but I'm not. On, I'm on the fence. I'm really on the fence about it. Yeah. Um, but moving on. Um, so towards the end of this, we're getting the bigger releases of the uh, of the week. Towards the end of the week, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns comes out on December second for PS5, Xbox Series consoles, and PC. Uh, I'm excited for that one. It is basically a card card based tactical game in the Marvel universe. So I'm very excited for that. Okay. Um, Need for Speed Unbound comes out on the PS5, Xbox Series consoles, and PC on December 2nd. The Resident Evil Village Winter's Expansion, which came out previously for Xbox and PlayStation and PC, will come to Switch on December 2nd. And finally, uh, another big release towards the end of the week, the Callisto Protocol, uh, which is basically from Sledgehammer, not Sledgehammer Games, from the creators of Dead Space. Um, It's basically a new Dead Space game. it's coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on December 2nd. I'm glad you mentioned that one because um, Doc has actually been having a countdown timer for Callisto Protocol on his stream. Uh, I believe that said four days today, so we got four days left for Callisto Protocol. Is that right? Yep, December 2nd. So Yeah, he's got that like on the corner of his stream at all times right now. He can't wait for that game. It should be really good. I've watched a lot of games that. Um, again, there's some really good games coming out at the end of this week. I don't know if I'm picking any of them up at launch, um, but I'm really excited for Marvel Midnight Suns. That game got pushed back. It got delayed a few times, um, but overall, I'm still really looking forward to it. Uh, and then the Callisto Protocol just looks fucking crazy. I'm really looking forward to playing that one as well at some point. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not into scary movies, so I'll be more than likely just watching people play this game. Um I'm not I'm not into uh, the jump scares and having my controller fly out of my hands. And so I'll probably just be watching some people play rather than playing myself with as many lights on as I can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time to get to the main topic of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be doing a tier list. Now, again, as I said earlier, uh, I've got Pokemon on the brain, folks. Uh, apart from Warzone 2, uh most of my free time has been pokemon scarlet uh and again i will talk more about it in depth when we get there probably next week if not the week after but uh you know i told jeff i was like hey uh, you know the idea of this podcast for our main topic sometimes we're gonna do tier lists we're gonna do top tens we're gonna do some fun stuff so i figured it'd be a good time here episode three to to bust one out jeff so we're gonna be doing a tier list for the pokemon games all right, give me one sec here. Yes, and I want to go over to the film room. Yep, let's do it. And I'm going to do something special here. I'm going to do one of these stream markers. So this will kind of be like the beginning of another video that we upload uh, later on. So uh, there we go. So let's go ahead and get started here. All right. Well, let's, yeah, let's get started with this Pokemon tier list. Um, all right, so you want to just, you want to start with Gen 1, Jeff, or do you, like, how do you want to 
tackle this list? Uh, so the way that they have it here, they have it in alphabetical order of the ones that are down here. Okay. And it's easiest for me because I got to kind of grab them with the mouse and drop them. So let's just start here, you know. Um, I'll tell you which one I'm looking at, and I think I sent you the link as well. Yep. So I you should see right them now. in the same order. Yep. All right, so it uh, looks like first up is Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. All right, so we're starting off with a, with a good one here, Jeff. So Alpha Sapphire, the Gen 3 remakes are really just phenomenal games. Um they tie in with the Emerald Extra Storyline content. Um, these games are just all around fantastic, in my opinion. Um, we we might change as it goes on. I'm gonna start the uh, start this with Alpha Sapphire in the A tier. Um, it could go up depending on how I'm feeling as we continue. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna put Alpha Sapphire in the A tier for right now. All right, there we go. Pokemon Alpha Sapphire dropped into the A tier. All right. Next up looks like Pokemon Battle Revolution. All right. So this is funny. Out of pretty much like this whole list, I think this is the only one that I haven't played. <laughs> All right. So that's going to go down here into the did not play list. Uh, if anybody in chat has played this game, if you have a suggestion on what tier it should be in, uh, give us a quick little uh, reason why. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll throw it into uh, the tier of your choice. Yes, please. All right, let me adjust this a tad. All right, next up we have Pokemon Black version 2, I believe that says? Yes, that is Pokemon Black 2. Okay. So Pokemon Black and White 2, um, which are sequels to the Black and White 1 games, a lot, you know, some people don't, who haven't played them, think that they're just upgrades because they, they do the mid-season, not season, the mid-generation upgrade game usually. Um, this is not that. This is a sequel to the first one. Um, and man, I gotta say again, this is gonna like, it's gonna change as we go, but this is another A for me. I'm gonna put this behind Alpha Sapphire. All right, it goes right there behind Alpha Sapphire. Next up, we have the regular Pokemon Black. So the regular Pokemon Black, I would start by saying that I think that Pokemon Black and White 1 have really good story for for pokemon games for what they are um and, and again this is just kind of personal preference for me this is probably a high b okay. um uh, you know again th these might change as i as more go up on the board um but i i like black and white one i think that they're good games but yeah i i yeah all right next up it looks like we have pokemon blue for the uh, Game Boy, Woo. so this is this is a uh, this is tricky, right? Because I, I'm doing this tier list to the best of my abilities, not based off nostalgia, but based off how good I think the games are, right? So putting nostalgia aside and leaving it at the door, Pokemon Gen One, specifically Red and Blue, are not very good in comparison. Ooh. Like, here's the thing. I love these games. I literally, fun fact, I've played Pokemon Red and Blue both this year alone. So, like, I, I don't want this to be misconstrued. I'm going to, for right now, put Pokemon Blue in the C tier. Um, okay. That based, is shocking to me. You'll, you Hear me out. Based off its primitiveness alone. Like, like. Okay. 
like Jeff, like if we do this thing where you like you're gonna go and play Pokemon games that have come out since, going back to playing Pokemon Red and Blue specifically is almost I would almost describe it as a shock to your system where you're just like, oh, yeah, like this is this is really primitive and bare bones. Um, like like going back to the original Zelda on Nintendo. Exactly, it's just like that. <laughs> it's like you like it, it. You can go back, but it's a labor of love. Like if. If you're sitting here in 2022 and you're playing Pokemon Red and Blue, you're doing it because you love Pokemon that much. Like the the like again, I don't want to be make it sound like I'm like hating on these games. These games have a special place in my heart for the rest of my life. But for right now, I'm going to have to put them in the C tier. All right. Well, that is where it is at the moment. Now, this next one, I can't exactly read this. Uh, looks like the name's cut off, but it looks like it says Pokemon Brilliant. Is that Diamond? Yeah, so this is Brilliant Diamond. Uh, this okay. is the remakes of Diamond and Pearl. Um, so this Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are going to go in the D the D tier. Um, I well, think you know what I actually don't have a D tier. It goes straight from C to F because I always think if you can't be a C, you you just get an F. <laughs> yeah, you get an F. That's fine. I mean, I would say D. I don't. I like. I enjoyed playing it to an extent. But in terms of a remake, uh, it doesn't really do anything different. It's actually worse than Diamond and Pearl. Like I, I would actually rather play the originals on the DS. Um, they didn't include any of the platinum stuff that came from Platinum, which is the you know the upgrade of Diamond and Pearl. Uh, it, it was missing some features. It wasn't super great. And to begin with, honestly, in my opinion, I don't actually like Gen Four that much. So I look at Diamond, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl as lesser versions of the originals. So I would put them in my D or your F. All right. Okay, next up we have Pokemon Coliseum for the GameCube. Did you play this one? I feel like I played this one, um, but I'm not sure. I played Pokemon Battle Stadium is the one I played for Nintendo 64, I believe. Okay. Well, that's on this list, so we'll get there. Yeah. All right. So this is another one where I am going to have to really try to differentiate nostalgia from whether it's an actual good game or not, um, because I really love this game for a lot of reasons. Um, it, it's a lot different than a regular mainline Pokemon game in a sense that there's no wild Pokemon, there's no gym badges. You are going through a story um in the pokemon world which is something i wish they would actually do more of um in terms of catching new pokemon you have to catch shadow pokemon that the evil team uses um and you basically you steal them and catch them the mid trainer battle um it's a really interesting thing um they do some interesting stuff with this game uh that being said it's a, in my opinion it's a pretty damn hard game because there's no way to grind you kind of just gotta you just gotta you gotta get it right the first time around. You gotta make sure you're leveling yeah. up the right Pokemon. Um, oh man, I'm thinking low B or high C. Um, just because I I love the the aesthetic of the game, I love the story of the game. But in terms of Pokemon itself, it's not the best. Um, That's all right. We'll we'll drop it in low B for now, and yeah. you know if anything pushes it out of there, we'll uh you know we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. All right, next up, looks like we have Pokemon Crystal from the Game Boy Color. Okay. Or Crystal version is what it says. So. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Didn't I get you with that with a twenty question one time where I picked? I crystal? think so. Yeah. It's, it says crystal version, Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so hear me out on this one. Um, Pokemon Crystal is an S tier game. Um, I think that Gen two of Pokemon is the greatest generation of Pokemon to date. Um, they took everything that was great about the first games and made them better. They didn't over bloat the games with some of these new systems. Um, the gym structure is great. Johto in terms of going and traveling around Johto is great. The, the type of differences are great. Um, there's just a lot of differential stuff to it. And then you finish the game and then you get to go to freaking Kanto and then you fight red. Like it, like dude, like it's an S tier game. Crystal is an S tier game. All right, we put that up there in the S tier. All right, yeah. next up we have the Pokemon Diamond version. Okay, uh, Pokemon Diamond, like I said, this is just my personal preference. I'm not the biggest fan of the Gen 4 games. Um, I'm going to put this in the high C. Okay. Ahead of Pokemon Blue. All right. I don't know if I can actually. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you just swap it over there. Yeah, I realized. Okay. All right. Next up is one of the ones that I have heard the most about through my life, Pokemon Emerald version. Yeah. So, all right. Pokemon Emerald. I love Pokemon Emerald. Um, it's way, it's a lot better than playing Ruby and Sapphire because you can kind of go through both the Ruby story and the Sapphire story in Emerald. So, I mean, Emerald is one of those, it, it is the definitive way to play Generation 3 of Pokemon. Um, you really do need to play it that way. Um, Emerald, see, this is, makes me want to bump Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby up too, because I kind of want to say Emerald's an S, but I think I, I think Alpha Sapphire is also phenomenal. Right now, let's put Emerald um, just that. Mm, I don't know if I like the remakes better or not. That's a tough one. <laughs> oh, that's really tough. I'm going to yeah, put was... Emerald right behind Alpha Sapphire. But like, Okay, I was going to say, I knew this was going to be a tough one right there. Yeah. All right, next up, Pokemon Fire Red. So, much like I said about Pokemon Red and Blue, um, definitely some issues with those games. When they remade these games for Fire Red and Leaf Green, uh, in my opinion, I thought that these games were fantastic. They really upgraded the games to fit that Gen 3 era on the GBA. I'm going to put Fire Red at a... I'm going to put it right behind Emerald. Okay, right behind Emerald. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of fighting with myself whether I want to put it ahead of Emerald or not, but for right now, you can just put it right behind it. All right, next up, we have Pokemon Gold from the Game Boy Color. So, see, like I said earlier with Pokemon Generation 2, I don't know what the cutoff is there for me. Um, Gold and Silver, I love just as much as Crystal. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm putting it in S right behind Crystal. Let's go. Also, Jeff, I would like to bump Alpha Sapphire up to the bottom of S tier right now. Please, thank you. There we go. All right. Next up, uh, this is uh, what looks to be a Japanese Nintendo game from the Game Boy Pocket Monster Trainer. Yeah, so this uh, is. Do... Um, so here's a little Pokemon history for you, Jeff. And I I did find it interesting that they put this on the list, but I understand why they did. 
So Pokemon Red and Green versions originally released in Japan before the North American versions of Red and Blue came out, and they are actually slightly different um, from the North American versions that we played. Um, sprites really? amongst other little things. Um, I don't remember all the differences off the top of my head, but yes, Generation 1 of Pokemon Red and Green are not exactly the same game that Red and Blue are. They're very close, but they're not the same. I've never personally played them. I've seen the sprites. The sprites are terrible um, compared to Red and Blue. Um, so I don't know if you want to leave it or if you want to put it in the didn't play. I don't. Yeah, we're going to put it in the did not play. Okay. All right, next up we have Pokemon Heart Gold. Is that what that says? Heart Gold yeah. version? So, so, Jeff, you could just put this one right at the top of the S tier. Um, Heart oh, Gold damn. and Silver are my favorite Pokemon games. I think that they are the best Pokemon games. They take everything that's excellent about uh, Gen 2, put them in the Gen 4 um, upgrades, put them on a DS. They just... They play so well, and they're just they're the, the they're the classics, but updated, and they're just they're my favorite Pokemon games. I could literally play Heart Gold and Soul Silver easily, like biannually. I could literally pick this game up every six months if I really wanted to, probably even less, um, and just <laughs> still just love it to death. It is just so good. Nice. All right, next up we have Pokemon Leaf Green version. So you're just going to put this one with Fire Red. I mean, it's the same, so it's middle of A. Um, excellent games. I think I think they're really good Gen 1 ports um, that do a lot of really cool stuff, um, but also stay true to the vision of the originals. All right. Next up, we have Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay. So this is going to be a hot take, at least based off what I've talked with people about. So... It feels weird putting it on this list because it is so different from yeah. the traditional Pokemon games, but I, for what it is, love this game. Um, for the first third of this year, this was my game of the year. Um, absolutely phenomenal. I don't... See, the, putting this on this tier list is really weird because it's not like these games. Um, hmm. I'm going to say put it on the bottom of A. But, like, I'm not really going to get into where I would place it on A. Yeah, I definitely think it's in A tier. You know, even though I haven't played too many of the Pokemon games, I did play this one, and I thoroughly enjoyed playing that game. <laughs> yeah, excellent game. I really loved it. There's a few things I, I think they could do differently that could make it an S, but it's it's very good regardless. Yeah. All right, next up we have Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Okay. So this one is going to be a hot, another hot take. Um, the Let's Go games, which are back-to-back -back here, Jeff, so you're going to place them in the same place. Um, these games, for what they are, are really good games. They're Gen 1 remakes. Like, once again, they're Gen 1 remakes that are just... They really just modernize Kanto and that Generation 1 vibe. Um, they add the catching mechanic where you kind of have to throw. So I played it with the Pokeball peripheral. So my experience is probably a little bit different. People with the Switch controller, the Joy-Con, they kind of just were like pointing the remote at the screen with like an arm moving motion. Me, yeah. I was more so almost like actually throwing a Pokeball when I did it. So I kind of had a blast with these games. Um, I'm going to put these... See, Pokemon diehards are going to fucking hate me for this one. 
uh, <laughs> but I'm putting this in the low A tier. Um, while the catching mechanic isn't my preferred way to do it, um, the battling is a lot of fun. It's Gen 1 just has never looked so gorgeous than these games. So, yeah, low A tier. Okay. I put them both there. Let's go Pikachu as well. Okay. All right, next up we have Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Blue Rescue Team. Oh, see, this is another... It's it's weird because we're going to be doing the Mystery Dungeon games, um, and I actually haven't played all of them. Um, these are really fun side games. I really enjoy them. I don't know where I want to rank them, though. Um, so what yeah. was this game about? Like, what did you do in this? You go into a dungeon, like Minecraft Dungeons or something? So in Pokemon Mystery Dungeons, you actually play as Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. And you basically... It is like a dungeon-crawling kind of game. You generally build up a squad of Pokemon, and you go through um, randomly generated dungeons, get making it through floors, making it like a... In most of the games, you'll have an objective, like, oh, your objective is on the, the 18th floor. And so you just got to, like, find the staircase to go to the next level, and you keep advancing till you get to the 18th floor. Um, sprinkle in some boss fights, amongst other little things, plus a narrative that kind of binds it all together. Um, these are really good games. I would say I'm okay with not ranking any of them. Um, just because for me, they all are kind of about the same in terms of what they are and where I'd place them. Um, but I do really enjoy them. I specifically do like, um, the first games, which is the blue rescue team and red rescue team. Those are my favorite ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're good games. They're really good games, but yeah, let's, we don't have to rank those. All right. We'll leave the mystery dungeons. There is like seven of them. Holy moly. All right, let's skip straight to Pokemon Moon. All right, so I'm glad you have an F tier. Uh, put these in the bottom of F. Put Moon in the very, very bottom of F. <laughs> um, these are the only Pokemon games that I would say straight up are bad games. I do not like Moon. I do not like Sun. Um, the upgrades are a little bit different, which we'll get to, but not by much. Um, I think that the base Sun and Moon games are just... They they just suck. They the the starters are cool. I like the starters in that game. But other than that, they they took away the gym formula. They have you do this tribal like leader challenge and they're not and like some of them are like brain-numbingly easy and like you don't feel challenged and I feel like they were just trying to do something different with the formula and for me it just didn't work and I ended up really not enjoying my time on Sun and Moon. Um, I've thought about going back and replaying them to see if I still feel that way, but that's, as of right now, that's how I feel. All right, next up, we have Pokemon Omega Ruby. All right, so put this one right in front of Alpha Sapphire, just because I do like uh, the Legendary and Ruby more than I like uh, Legendary and Sapphire. Um, Groudon, I like Groudon. Um, Yeah, these are phenomenal games, and they are the ideal way to play Gen 3, so... Okay. All right. Next up, I see Pokemon uh, Platinum version. Yep. Uh, Pearl should go next to Diamond and Platinum. So Platinum is better than Diamond and Pearl by a pretty... There's a pretty good jump there for me. Uh, I have Diamond and Pearl in C tier. You could put Platinum at the bottom of B tier. Um, the bottom of B. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that Platinum is, is a better game. It It tweaks it a little bit. It makes it enough where I would say it's a B, B tier. The bottom. Gotcha. All right. Next up, we have Pokemon Ranger. 
So the Pokemon Ranger games are pretty cool. Um, these are another ones kind of like the Mystery Dungeon. I'm okay if we choose not to rank them. Um, basically, you play as a ranger, like a park ranger, and you these are DS games. You use the stylus to um, capture Pokemon by drawing circles around them on the DS touchscreen. Uh, these ah. are they're pretty cool games. Like I, I don't really have any issues with them, but again, it, I don't feel right about putting them on anywhere on this list in comparison. All right, no worries. Next up, we got Pokemon Red. So Red's gonna let's see. Part of me wants to just for the now see if I was nostalgia driven here, I would say Pokemon Red because Charizard's in the cover. Bump that up to A. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, it's just like Blue. Put it in front of Blastoise because Charizard is better than Blastoise. Um, but put it in C tier. Charizard puts his fire out, bro. Nah, Charizard's so tough that he can beat Blastoise. That's why when they I make... Mean, I meant Blastoise puts his fire out. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you go and watch any of the animes they've ever made, anytime they have Charizard face off against Blastoise, Charizard always wins. So, yeah, clearly you can tell who's better than who. All right, next up was another Pocket Monster Trainer. We're going to put that down in the did not play. Uh, got another Ranger. We'll put that in the did not play. All right, next up, we got Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire are going to be next. So Ruby first. Okay, so Ruby and Sapphire, really good games. Put them af- on A tier after Black 2. Um, like behind them or in front of Black 2? Behind Black 2. I like Black right. 2 more than I like Ruby and Sapphire. I really love Ruby and Sapphire. I mean, again, it's A tier. All these games I really love. Um. Which actually, I'm starting to think maybe Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu need to be top of B tier. Yeah. Top of B. Yeah. The more this list is filling out, the more I feel that. All right. We're gonna put Pikachu ahead of Eevee. That's that's fine. Even though technically Eevee is a beast in those games, because Eevee learns. So Pikachu is just Pikachu, but Eevee learns like a really good fire type, a really good grass, and a really good water type. It's actually kind of. It's actually kind of unfair how good Eevee is in Let's Go Eevee, but... (laughs) All right, next up, we got Pokemon Scarlet. Um, So we're going to skip this because I want to talk about it in my review. So we're not going to do Scarlet and Violet today. Oh, that's right. All right, so we're going to leave it as did not play at the moment because you are technically in the middle of playing it, right? Correct. All right. Uh, Next up, we got Pokemon Shield. Pokemon Shield. Okay, so Pokemon Shield, I'm thinking either bottom of B or top of C. So Pokemon Sword and Shield do some really cool things. Uh, I love the way... I'm talking myself into a B right now. Um, I love the gym challenges, and I love the aesthetic of the location. Um, Them doing gym battles and Elite Four battles in, like, giant stadiums with, like, all these crowds chanting really gets me hyped up to play Pokemon. it 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 lays the foundation for Scarlet and Violet, and in its open world practices, it kind of falls flat, which is why it's not higher up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say bottom of B here. Bottom of B. All right. Now this next one says Pokemon Shield, uh, but I cannot read the small fine print there. Do you know what game that is? That might be the expansion pass. Uh, I would skip that because I was taking that into consideration with Sword and Shield. Okay. Personally. All right. Next up, we have 
I don't think I can read this one either. It's on it's on the switch. It just says Pokemon there. Uh trying to read this one. Is it oh, is that the Shining Pearl? Yep, there it is, Shining Pearl. Okay, you can just put that with uh Brilliant Diamond. Um Yeah. Shining Pearl, where's Brilliant Diamond? Is that the one up in S? No, Brilliant Diamond is D or your F. Ah, okay. There we go. All right, next up, Pokemon Silver. Um, that goes with gold. Put that in front of gold in the S tier, please. All right, next up. I believe that says Pokemon Soul Silver. So that's version? Soul Silver. Yep. Soul Silver is um just because I like Lugia more than Ho-Oh. Uh, Soul Silver is my favorite Pokemon game of all time. That goes for me at the top of the S tier. Wow. Soul Silver, number one of all time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up we have Pokemon Stadium. So this is the first one on the list so far. I guess Arceus, but I played this heavily as a kid on the Nintendo 64. This was one of my favorite games almost of all time. Uh, I completely agree with you. I love the Stadium games. I love all that they do in terms of a package. I more so love Stadium 2 over Stadium 1. Um, it's re Again, this is another one. It's really hard to put these on this tier list. Uh, I want to say, oh, this is hard. This is hard to put on this tier list because it's I'm more like you know what I mean. Like same same reason as the Ranger and the and the Mystery Dungeon games. Like Coliseum is kind of its own story, so I can kind of like argue it belongs on there. But yeah. like, man, these stadium like they're they're really good. But if you ask me, would I rather play any of these S or A tiers? I'd rather play any of these S or A tiers. But I really love these games. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel good putting them on. There. <laughs> um, let's put them next to Arceus in the A tier, just because of how much I like them. But they're going to be at the bottom of the A tier. Um, That's exactly exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, like you could very easily take st the Stadium games and Arceus out of it, and that would it, it would stay exactly the same. All right, there's another dungeon one. We're going to skip that. Next up, we have Pokemon Sword. Pokemon Sword. Pokemon Sword. Well, that goes with Shield. Um, I don't really have a preference over the two. So you could just put that in front of Sword, uh, Shield, I guess, in the yeah. what I have at it, the bottom of B, right? It's got the expansion as well. Let me just, I'll not do the expansion one. All right, next up, we have Pokemon Ultra Moon. Okay. So I will say that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are better than Sun and Moon. However, they're still pretty bad. <laughs> I would put Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon in the your F tier still, but I would put them... See, I don't know. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I think I'd rather play those. No, um, hmm. that's that's tricky. Let's put Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon for right now in 2022. Let's put these just ahead of Sun and Moon, but below um, Brilliant and Shining. I was two steps ahead of you. They are already there. 
All right. Next up, we have uh, Pokemon Violet is part of the Scarlet one, right? So you're holding off? Yes. All right. So Violet's going down in the did not play. Next up, we have Pokemon White version 2. Um, and this is just like Black 2. Uh, so it goes, I would put Black 2 ahead of it just because that's the one I always liked playing. Um, but yeah, Black 2, White 2 are phenomenal games. It goes in the A tier. Um, definitely up there. I'm kind of right now kind of fighting myself whether I like them more than Ruby and Sapphire, but keep it for now. All right. How about Pokemon White, the original? Uh, are you going to put that down there with Black and B? Yep. You can put that, uh, that behind Black and B. Perfect. All right. Next up, looks like it says Pokemon XB or XD. XD. So this is Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. It is a sequel to Pokemon Coliseum. I would, yeah, it's a pretty good game. Um, I would put this. It's actually a direct sequel too. Um, I didn't even know that had a sequel. Wow. Yeah, dude, it's a pretty good game. But I would say, it's, it's been a few years since I played Gale of Darkness. Now I have both of these games. Um. I'm going to put it just behind Coliseum more. Just behind? Wow, I man, I'm like reading your mind right now. I'm like, I'm like pointing where I'm going to be putting it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a good game. It's a B. You know, much like uh, Stadium and Arceus, it's really hard to place these in comparison, but I, I'm just going to do it because it's a Pokemon game with a story with a beginning, middle, and an end. So. Gotcha. All right, next up we have Pokemon X. Okay, so I feel like this is a hot take again. I like X and Y a lot. Um, I'm going to put these right behind Ruby and Sapphire in the A tier. Um, I enjoyed them. I really enjoyed them for what they are. And you know what? Maybe this is a little bit of the nostalgia and the bias coming in, but... You get to get a Gen 1 starter, like, at the beginning of the game, along with your starter from that generation, and I really like that. Um, I think the Pokemon available in X and Y are really well-balanced and well-thought-out. Um, and it also introduces a lot of the quality-of-life stuff that we see in Pokemon nowadays. X and Y was, some of the, was the game that started a few of those things, um, like Team EXP Share, amongst other things. So, yeah, I like them a lot. I feel like people don't like X and Y that much, but I, I really enjoy those. Uh, so what about Y? Do you want to put that there with X? Yes, I, w- I would put X first, then Y. Alphabetical order, please, Jeffrey. I'm I'm batting 1,000 right now. I'm, like, reading your mind, dude. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, well, so I think all we have left is Pokemon Yellow, so why don't you go ahead and take a stab at where I would place Pokemon Yellow? Pokemon Yellow. So what I know about this game is that this is a very highly sought-after cartridge for the Game Boy. Um, I actually personally know someone who has sold their cartridge for a couple of hundred dollars, I believe, um, yep. and he had a spare. Uh, I do believe I even helped him take the cartridge apart and replace the battery so he could continue playing it with the uh, saves on it. Um I think it's going to be up in the S tier, but I don't know where in the S tier you're going to put it. If I was going to guess, I'll put it for you right above Omega Ruby and uh, Omega Sapphire. Okay, so uh, you can cut to me real quick if you want. All right. Nice. Original copy in case. Oh, gorgeous. Well, this is a custom case. Now, in terms of original boxing... I do have one. 
Uh, it is one That's of the five nice. in my collection. I have an, a pretty good condition for what it is, but I have Pokemon Red with the box. This is the original. Oh, box. dude. Yep, I, I got a I got a really good deal on this. So, um, it didn't come with. Did it come with the main? Oh, you know what? It did come with the main. Well, no, it came with one of the things that came with the manual. But so this is like get the free player's guide. And like it's just like you can fill out your information to get player's guide. Uh, it's got like a Game Boy warning thing, like hey, don't play video games because it'll that's cool. Your eyes. Uh, I don't have the actual like main game manual, but yeah, I have. I thought that was sealed for a second, man. I was gonna be like, dude, let me get that graded for you. We could send that in, and um, well, yeah, I mean, if it was sealed, unfortunately, it's not, or maybe fortunately, um, no, I got so. I got this for a steal. I got this from a guy for $70, Jeff. What? Yes, this is... And the funny thing is about the cartridge itself is um, whoever played this last uh, completed the Pokedex. So this is a Pokemon Red with a completed Pokedex in box. Now, like, this wrapping around it is not the original wrapping. The guy yeah. who I bought it from rewrapped it, but I just... I don't want to take the wrapping off to... I want to try to preserve the box. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll protect the, yeah, yeah. the paint. So apart from the top, which is obviously showing its wear because somebody obviously over the years opened and closed this to put the game yeah. back in. Um, apart from the top of the box, this is in really good condition. I got this for $70. That's a steal, man. Yeah, it's literally one of the pride and joys of my gaming collection. Um, That's awesome. That being said, Pokemon Yellow. I'm torn. I'm really torn here. Um, so it's either A or S. I don't know if it's S. It, it's that's nostalgia talking, saying it's S. I'm gonna say Pokemon Yellow. It goes right behind Leaf Green, I think. Oh no, 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 no. It's an A tier. It's definitely an A tier. Um Put Pokemon Yellow in front of Ruby. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Put it in front of Ruby. Uh, I, I love Pokemon Yellow for the changes it makes to the original Pokemon game. Uh, it updates it a little bit. Um, it adapts it a little bit so the story is more in line with the show, which is cool. Uh, you have the ability, and it helps the balancing. You have the ability to go and get all three of the Kanto starters throughout your, you know, the first half of your journey. Um, yeah, it just does a lot of cool stuff, and you know, you get to walk around with Pikachu, which is actually really revolutionary, considering that they that started in the Game Boy Color days, and now here we are in Scarlet and Violet, where that's a big thing that you do in those games. Um, so yeah. All right, so there is the list. Um, I I think that's pretty fair to be honest with you for all of them. Um, the only one that I would argue with is uh, the Pokemon Yellow here at the end. I just think, you know, with the hype that it has and, you know, the nostalgia that it has and all of that added up, I think it should be in the S. But I'm not going to well, argue well, with you. I think this is a solid uh, tier list here. Yeah. Well, so um, again, I, I tried to take nostalgia out of this. If you're asking yes, me, I, nostalgia, I get it. well, red, blue, and yellow are in the S tier for nostalgia. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about Pokemon, at least in my opinion, when I put these games in A, these A games are like nines and tens out of ten. 
Like these are well, it's a high nine at the most. Um, and on the right day, anything between emerald and yellow can make it to S tier if I was in a different mood. Um, honestly, but yeah, this is this is a. Uh, I feel pretty good about this list. Uh, a tier is still excellent. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, man that that was actually uh pretty fun. Um, I had a blast uh, doing that. So I think we should do some more tier lists. Um, you know, if you guys have any ideas for us for some tier list, uh, throw those into the chat uh, or throw them into the comment section. If you're watching this later on, we would definitely appreciate some uh suggestions. But I guarantee Rome already has a few more ideas lined up for us. I do indeed. I can't wait for the comment section to tell me I'm the biggest idiot of all time. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is a pretty solid list, and I think you were pretty fair about it. Um, there may be a couple in there that some people have, like, you know, close to their heart, kind of like how you had a couple close to yours. And, you know, they may try to argue on their list it would be higher, but, you know, I, I think this is solid. Yeah, man, I I'm really happy with how that turned out. And like you said, please, in the comments, let us know what, you know, you want to see some tier lists, some top 10 specifically, you know, let us know. And we'll fit it into our, into our uh, show schedule. Absolutely. All right. Well, so Jeff, it's time for the last uh, section of the show. What have you been playing this past week, Jeff? I am still playing uh, Warzone 2. Um, I'm glad that we are getting to this because I do want to uh, adjust my, my rating for Warzone 2. I believe my rating was a 7.5 last week when we had spoken. Uh, my rating has gone up to an 8.0 at the moment. Um, the gameplay has gotten to a point where I am absolutely enjoying myself in the gunfights and the actual gameplay. Um, only thing that I, th there's really only one thing left for them to fix for me. They fixed the friends not being able to join my party. Me and you got to play some games. That was awesome. Uh, they fixed everything except the looting. Um, and, and, you know, you can watch any of the big streamers that you want, and they're all complaining about the looting. It's just you open up somebody's bag or something happens, and all the loot's just in a pile on the ground, and you can't do anything with it. But other than that, I am absolutely enjoying myself on that game now. So it gets a bump up a half a point to 8.0. Um, all they have to do is go back to the Warzone 1 looting, where everything pops out in a different direction, I'm just saying, don't let it pile up in a pile. Why? 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 I don't understand. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I think that I understand your critique of how it piles up and that can, that can be annoying. Um, yeah. Other than that, don't change the looting at all. Don't. No, no, that's all. I, that's all I want. Like, you remember how when you opened a box, everything would go a different direction and not be touching each other on the ground. That's all I want. I want items to not be able to touch each other. Yeah, but I think the way it works in engine is for the betterment of the game. So yeah. I, I would say if there's like have a way where like what I would do for those piles is have it where it comes up. Like say you want to see what's in the pile, you hold X and a list comes up. Kind of like how you yes. open up the backpack and you can yeah. like roll through and be like, okay, in this stack on the ground, there's these five things. Do you want any of these yes. five things? That's what I would do. I wouldn't necessarily 
change it in a in a major way i would just make it more accessible yeah, yeah just make it accessible to where like if i just accidentally picked up a gun i didn't want don't make my gun fall to the bottom of the pile of things that i'm looking at you know what i mean i gotta sit there and like hit hit square and shuffle through everything and then finally get to my gun and then hopefully not have dropped my ammo for the gun you know what i mean because when you drop a certain weapon it automatically drops the ammo for that weapon i hate that but like, like I said, the game is getting much better for me. Um, did get my first dub, by the way, with a uh, coach over there. I had a 10 kill game the other day where I was just absolutely annihilating people in duos. I was doing a solo duo. Whew, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, what I've been playing this week, um, I've had a four-way tie, which does not happen very often for me. I'm usually a wow. one game, maybe two max. Um, I'm also playing Warzone 2 a lot still. I am in love with the Unhinged Trios mode. Um, jumping in with Proximity Chat and just... <laughs> I had a friend get mad at me today, so story time real quick. Um, <laughs> I was playing with a friend. Uh, and I was playing with two friends. We were playing the Trios. We drop oh, in, and uh, the team kills my friends. And I said, hey, you killed my friends. And they were like, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's okay. I forgive you. And they were like, do you want to join our team and you can take your friend's loot? And I was like, yeah, I do. Because my friends had lost in the gulag, or one of them did. So I was like, sure. So I joined their team, and they're like, I'm sorry you killed, I killed your friend. All their stuff is over there. You can help yourself to whatever you want. We won't take any of it. I was like, thank you. You're, you know what? You killed my friends, but you're really nice. Really kind. You know what I mean? So that was fun. Um, had a good time with that. Um, what is that you're showing 10 seconds ago on the stream? This is a set of dice that I got that are like fairly expensive. Um, they're like heavy, heavy metal with golden letters. They're incredible. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm playing Warzone 2 right now a lot. Uh, I'm still playing regular Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer, trying to get gold camos. And then if I want to do more than that, um, Pokemon Scarlet has taken up a lot of my time. And then on the side, I had started the first ps4 god of war or like the first modern god of war um right before pokemon came out so i played that a little bit this past week too but it's been mostly pokemon and warzone but yeah nice nice all right um do you have anything else you want to add jeff no the only thing i had uh, planned was that uh gambling stuff with the uh world cup <laughs> i just thought that was it, it just stuck with me like because at first, you, you, I think you saw it in the Discord. I was like, wow, what an awesome way to promote, you know, the World Cup and Call of Duty together. Yeah. And then the moment I hit send, my brain was like, you just made a bet, like at a sports book. <laughs> I just, right. I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I definitely, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, but all right. Um, that's all I got for tonight. So why don't you uh, take us out of here, Jeff? All right, man. Well, this has been episode three of the Game Room Podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, thanks to everyone joining us on YouTube uh, live here. Um, we are here live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Broken Tables Podcast channel. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, please hit that subscribe button if you have not already. It helps us out tremendously. Um, the like button as well. Share if you can. You know, everything helps. Always helps out with the algorithm. Um, we will be here on a Wednesday night for our All Elite Wrestling uh, Dynamite review show. If you guys are into wrestling like we are, we also do a uh, podcast for that as well. So if you want to be here Wednesday night at uh, what is it? Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. 
Uh, but until that, uh, top guys out. <laughs>